Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby Arn Bergstrom, and today we are going to be having a little bit of a preview of the Louisville-Virginia Tech matchup taking place tonight uh, as we're recording here on March 1st uh, at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, I'm joined today um, by Daniel Rankin, who is the new Louisville Cardinal editor um, after being a feature writer for the organization. Um, he is also a fourth year at um, Louisville, uh, I believe class 2022. And he is also currently an intern with racing Louisville FC and Louisville city FC uh, for anyone that's unfamiliar with those uh, Daniel, what exactly do those uh, uh, clubs, uh, you know, what sports do they cover? So Louisville city FC and racing Louisville FC uh, are soccer, professional soccer teams out here in Louisville part. Uh, Louisville city FC is uh, under the United soccer league, which is the league directly underneath uh, major league soccer mm-hmm. and racing Louisville FC. Uh, we're entering our second year out here uh, and Louisville is the NWSL uh, women's soccer team, which mm-hmm. is uh, really the first professional sports team um, officially in the state of uh, Kentucky since uh, the Kentucky Colonels. Uh, back in the good old days. Um, so we're really proud to, proud to have them. Um, uh, I'm also the, the sports editor, as you said, for the, our student newspaper here on campus, which I'm really proud of that and and, and uh, love working with the team out here. Uh, like uh, like Virginia Tech, Louisville's big ACC school. We love our athletics. There's plenty to talk about, not just in football, but uh, in basketball and baseball, softball, soccer, all that stuff. So uh, you know, covering all the sports out here, both uh, here in Louisville on campus and uh, out here in the community. So, yeah. Yeah, it's all incredible to hear. And obviously for y'all, uh, definitely the women's basketball team has been something to hang our hats on and been having a very solid season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then definitely I did want to just double down on this before uh, we get into a lot of the basketball. I'm a big soccer guy myself as well. So uh, are you a big soccer guy uh, being an intern with a couple soccer teams? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, love soccer. You know, I love all sports, but you know, there's something about soccer that uh, it just hits different. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's always a joy. Um, it's getting more popular out here in America. Certainly getting more popular out here with our two uh, teams out here in Louisville. Uh, yeah, it's a good sport. Yeah, we love we love that that's you know growing here in America in four years until World Cup. Right. So that's going to be very exciting. Make it. Do you guys have a, a United Soccer League team out in Virginia? I think you do, right? That's, that's a good question. I think we might have a team in Richmond. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit unsure on that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a little bit of a preview here of the teams uh, before I ask you your first question. Virginia Tech right now with their current situation are uh, 18 and 11 on the season, 10 and 8 in the ACC. Uh, they've won eight of their last nine coming off of a very thrilling win against uh, Miami and are currently in Joe Lenardi's next four out. Not exactly where uh, VT faithful were thinking that the team was going to be at the preseason, but, you know, we're here. Uh, whereas for Louisville, uh, unfortunately, you guys have had a little bit of a rough season, 12 and 16 currently, 6 and 12 in the ACC, and have lost nine of your past 10 games uh, with one win in the month of February. So to really kick off these uh, questions here for you, Daniel, that's that's really where I'm going to start with the struggle for the season that you guys have had. Um, in February, you guys went 1 and 8 uh, with your win against, I believe, Boston College. And prior to that, you parted ways with your uh, coach, Chris Mack, after four years. What exactly has gone wrong uh, with this year's Louisville team? Well, that's the that's the magical question everybody's asking right now. You know, it's there were a lot of expectations coming into this year, but really it started off when uh, Coach Mack, our previous head coach, uh, was suspended uh, for the first six games of the season by the university uh, after there was an, uh, an extortion case between uh, his assistant coach, uh, Coach Gaudio, um, and uh, the university believed that he mishandled it. Um, he recorded Gaudio uh, without his his knowledge. Um, there wasn't any HR in the room, so the university uh, took issue with that, um, suspended him for the six games without pay. Um, and in the midst of that, um, he brought back – or he didn't bring back many players from last year. This is a very new team, uh, a, lot, a lot of transfers, new freshmen, um, and he, um, of course, he got rid of the two re- very important assistant coaches. Um, so he brought in um, 
I apologize. Uh, Ross McMahon, the, the new uh, offensive coach. Um, so we brought in a, a really a new offensive system that were that was even uh, foreign to uh, the new the older players on, on the team. So you know, started off there. Um, you he couldn't talk to the team at all. Um, new new system. He couldn't talk to them. Work with the head coaches. There was no communication whatsoever. They went five and one in those games, and then he returned. Um, you know, they started four and zero in the ACC to start off things were looking good. And then uh, things just started to fall apart. The offense uh, clearly wasn't working. Um, uh, players that were coming in with, uh, you know, strong three point percentage range, Matt Cross, Noah Locke, um, really good uh, three point shooters haven't worked out um, defensively um, coach Mack and, uh, and really the Louisville program with, you know, Coach Crum and, and Coach Pertino is, is based off of, you know, having a, a really strong defense. Um, you know, you're in, you're in the guy's face. Um, and then uh, starting off the season, the, the defense was really good. But um, over time, it just it started falling apart. The offense started falling apart. Uh, we were getting uh, – we've been getting bullied really uh, off the glass, rebounding. Uh, Malik Williams, our fifth-year uh, senior team captain, has struggled on the glass, and there's been a lot of controversy over that. So uh, the decision was made uh, by the university and Coach Mack um, to part ways um, uh, in January, and we've had uh, Coach Begis be the interim coach, who was the acting coach at the beginning of the season. So – uh, and, uh, you know, they fought well against uh, Duke and they took uh, North Carolina. Team, you guys have uh, played tough, of course, uh, uh, to overtime, uh, heartbreaking loss, but it just seems, you know, loss after loss. And um, Malik Williams was suspended for a couple games by Coach Begeese after there were some issues in practice. So, uh, you know, the expectations have been have fallen short incredibly. Um, we're looking at, we're looking for a national head coach. I don't think the motivation on the team is, is that strong with the exception of maybe a couple of few players. So um, things are kind of in a free fall. And, and I think most people out here in the community, the, the big talk isn't, you know, about the next game. The talk is about who's the next head coach. Um, there's a lot of names flowing around, which we can get into later if you want, but yeah, that's kind of the deal. It's a long story, you know, short, it's just been a mess. Um, the coach Mack situation didn't work out. So um, that's the situation. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a lot of staffing issues. And then one thing that you you said that's rung true, I think, for both of our teams, uh, you know, for for you at least this season for us, I think for the past few years is working the boards right. Mm -hmm. And that that's definitely been a struggle for Virginia Tech, though. Ironically, that has been getting a little bit better recently. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely not a fun time for uh, you know Louisville fans to it's almost felt like you guys have been, or I mean, would it be right to say that you guys have almost felt like you've been looking towards next season since like January? Yeah, for sure. I'd say so, you know, that out here in Louisville and in Virginia tech also, you know, the expectation has to be uh, making the tournament without, absolutely. you know, I don't want to brag too much, but you know, this is a program that really should be, you know, contending for sweet 16s, elite eights, maybe not right. directly looking at final fours like Kentucky or, it's probably not a popular thing for me to say out here in Louisville, but it should be, you know, a top, you know, 10, top 15 program in, in an average year. But really the last, you know, three or four years, ever since Coach Patino left and the NCAA has been, you know, looking at us still for uh, violations under, you know, two head coaches ago. Um, it, it's just the, the expectations have been really low. And when it was clear we were not going to make the NCAA tournament, I think the motivation on the team uh, fell. Uh, their head coach and leader ended up leaving. Um, and yeah, the, the perception here has just been, you know, look towards the next season, who's going to be the next head coach, you know, what's going to be the situation moving forward. Absolutely. As we're looking really even more into the matchup that's coming up tonight, uh, a phrase that, uh, 33 four, um, one of the former co-hosts here on the podcast, Sam Steinbeck would hate is that Virginia tech has been a live by the three, die by the three type of team. Um, so really the question I want to ask you is we're really going into uh, the game here is how do you see the Cardinals defense matching up against the guards and the shooting that Virginia Tech can bring? Well, you know, in theory with the pack line defense, you're supposed to be protecting the three-point line. Um, very good. Um, in theory, with Coach Mack's teams, we've done pretty well guarding against the three. But this season that has – really falling apart. Um, they've shown at times being able to um, stop the three. It really depends on, on which game you're talking about. You know, um, just let this last game, 
against Wake Forest. Um, Wake Forest dominated from three point range. I think it was uh, it was thirteen of twenty seven, which is just an incredible stat that's not acceptable out here um, in, in Louisville standards. So I really think it, you know, Virginia Tech should be able to do pretty well uh, on the three point line. Um, the pack line defense is supposed to do pretty well against that, but I just don't think the motivation uh, is there. The commitment's not there. Um, there's a lot of confusion. Um, and, and really, I think the biggest thing this season that has hurt us all year is that there's a different starting lineup each game. Players are not getting consistent minutes. There's no set five or six guys that you're really relying on. Um, really, it's it's eight, nine, ten. You know, it, it could be anybody. Um, so without consistency, there's confusion. Um, players that will step up offensively, they'll go on the other end and, you know, miss an assignment, uh, leaving wide open threes. But I think Virginia Tech, they've got some good shooters. Uh, they should be able to um, exploit that pretty well, I would imagine. But, you know, know it can depend. Sometimes they'll step up. We, we did against Duke. We did pretty well, uh, especially early on uh, in the first half. And as you know, Duke, of course, is a really strong team. So, it really is a game-by-game game situation and what type of team and what type of lineup, especially we'll see for Louisville tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you can't give me a perfect transition here as if your defense is to go as it's meant to be, which is shutting down that three, that means that Virginia Tech really does have one more big asset uh, that would be working inside the paint for us, and that's going to be Keve Aluma. So with that in mind, how do you see Louisville trying to contain Keve Aluma um, with a little bit of a follow-up there of uh, if it's to be Sidney Curry, um, has he kind of been the go-to guy for uh, guarding opposing bigs? Yeah, I think that's going to be Virginia Tech's strong suit tonight. Um, that has been really the most, uh, the biggest struggle all year is there's no paint option. There's no number five center guy for Louisville defensively that has stepped up. Offensively, it's been very inconsistent. Sidney Curry has been stepping up lately. He uh, scored a, a, a 28 points that last game, which was a career high for him. Really good. But on the defensive end, it's just not been good. Um, he, he stepped up offensively. Um, but he struggled. I, I think he's a little newer. He's going to take some time. I'm very curious to see who the next head coach is and see if they can develop him, not only to an incredible point score in the paint, but also to be able to defend um, against some of these ACC bigs and you know, uh, hopefully outside of the ACC as well. Malik Williams uh, really has been our, our guy at the five for the last few years. You know, He's a big guy, tall guy. He, he, you know, he's supposed to match up pretty well in the ACC and in the past has. I remember a couple of years ago, he had a really good game against Duke on the road where we beat them. Um, but this year it's just, it's been, it's been poor uh, to say the least uh, on paper. Louisville should be able to defend um, especially with Malik Williams. But uh, as far as I know, I'm not 100% Malik Williams even made the trip uh, over to Virginia tech out there, um, which I think, um, there was another in issue in practice. I don't think he has made that trip. So I think it's definitely going to be Sidney Curry tonight that um, answers the, the job, and we'll see how he does. We'll certainly see here. And really, as we've looked at the offensive side for Virginia Tech, how about even a little bit of the offensive side or just overall game here for Louisville, as what are the Cardinals going to need to do here to be able to pull off an 18th straight victory against Virginia Tech? Yeah, it's, it's a good that you mentioned that, you know, Louisville historically has done very well against Virginia Tech, as you said. But, uh, you know, I fear that that's definitely in risk tonight. Um, we just got to make shots. Uh, you have to move around the offense. The, the offense has to be quicker. Uh, it hasn't been. There's a lot of standing around confusion. Um, we need guys to be able to drive into the paint, but we really haven't seen. None of our guards are, in my opinion, right now are capable of doing that. L. Ellis is really sort of taken handle over that recently. He had a really good game against uh, North Carolina and, and scored uh, uh, a career high. Um, but ever since then, he hasn't really been able to do that. Um, so we don't have a guy that can drive into the paint. Um, we don't have a guy that's dominating in the paint. Uh, I think we rely a lot on three-pointers, but we don't make them. Um, Noah Locke had a decent game last time. He's, he's a He was a 40% uh, three-point shooter from Florida, um, but he's been in the threes, uh, the 30% this season. Uh, Matt Cross, I don't think, has made a, a three-pointer since uh, the month of January. It's been a long time. and He's a 40% three-point shooter uh, from Miami in the ACC from last year. 
Um, so really, you know, we've got these guys that statistically, and you know, on paper should be scoring um, in the paint, uh, driving into the basket from three point range. But the, the name of the se- the game this season is that just has not happened. Um, so really, it's uh, the tools are there, the players are there. It's just a matter of executing. And you know, unfortunately for Louisville, it just hasn't worked out this year. Well, with all that in mind, a little bit of the defensive side and definitely look at that offensive side. Uh, ultimately, to get down to brass tacks, we're looking at uh, here, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Uh, who's going to come out on top uh, and then moving forward for those teams? Well, of course, the fan of you always wants to you know, be very hopeful. Um, at, at times, this, this Louisville team has uh, fought hard. L. Ellis cares uh, a lot. Sidney Curry cares a lot. Um, he had a career game last time. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they do. They, they just can't let Virginia Tech get out to a, a quick lead. I think the Hokies will definitely be looking to start quickly because statistically, um, if you can get off to a good start against Louisville, Louisville might be able to punch back and, and get the score within, you know, five and single digits. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, that happens where Virginia Tech starts off hot and we're able to close Maybe a couple guys are able to make some three-point shots like they're supposed to, um, but ultimately, you know, on the road, Louisville is two and nine this season, um, and it's been a long time. So, you know, my, my guess is, you know, you're probably looking at another double-digit loss for the Cards and Virginia Tech, who obviously, you know, is is fighting for a, a spot in the NCAA tournament. It, you know, I know their expectations have, have fallen short, but it doesn't look like Virginia Tech Tech needs an automatic. Uh, ACC tournament championship to make the NCAA tournament. I think the ACC is starting to grow a little bit um, coming late. So, uh, you know, Virginia Tech's going to be motivated. Uh, it's a late game on the road. Uh, I don't see it faring well for the cards. And, you know, if you're a Hokies fan, I would expect, a, you know, uh, hopefully a good uh, win. Yeah, I mean, after a slow start to the season for Virginia Tech, definitely feels like you know, you win these next two and then you have a couple decent performances in Brooklyn where we have not been doing well, at least not recently. Uh, it, it does kind of feel like an AC or a NCAA tournament uh, buy-in for a team that, I mean, it's not just been uh, Blacksburg and Virginia Tech, uh, you know, natives that have been really pouncing for a forum, but it's also been, you know, uh, analysts and people that are working for some of these other uh, outlets like I've, John Ross on. I remember he was one, we were one of his like four dark horse. Mm-hmm. So as, as I remember, I let off with this definitely not where we expected to be. Neither side were really where they expected to be, but at the end of the day for, I know for Virginia tech, if you can get to the NCAA double a tournament, I, you know, it, it works essentially. So, yeah. you, you know, you never know. I, I, I watched a couple of Virginia Tech games this year. They're, they're very good. They've got some good shooters. And obviously you're talking about your center. He's a big guy. He knows how to score. You know, people are talking a lot of negative things about the ACC, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, a couple upsets in the NCAA tournaments um, pushed by ACC schools. I still feel like this is a good conference that's being underestimated. Um, it's a down year for several teams, including Virginia Tech and Louisville. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see some uh, good upsets. And if Virginia Tech's able to make the tournament, uh, I think they could surprise a couple of people. Absolutely. Definitely lower seedings could cause for a little bit of a uh, you know, misconception on some of these ACT, ACC teams. I can truly uh, get behind you with that one. Yeah, um, number nine, number 10, uh, yeah. people easily winning an upsetting for sure. Yeah, no, that's all highly possible. I mean, the tech last year was the seven against the 10 getting upset by Florida. So uh, that, that was the first game of March Madness. Gosh. Well, speaking of March Madness for uh, for uh, Louisville, as you'd already kind of preface with this, um, this is a team that growing up was very much a name, like, you know, a, a, a mainstay in the world of March Madness. Uh, Rick Pitino, obviously doing an excellent job while he was coaching there, including that 2013 uh, championship. Um, but the, you guys have not been back to March Madness since 20, the uh, 2019 season. How important is it for this program to get right back in as soon as possible? Yeah, the, the, you just said it as, as soon as humanly possible. This is a, like I said, a program that, uh, by even national pundits' uh, estimation, should be a top ten, top fifteen program. We certainly have that potential uh, with our with our funding. You know, great arena, great facilities, and, and money that we invest into the program. So, really, the expectation has to be making the NCAA tournament uh, without question. 
and uh, you know really sweet 16 elite eight area um you know every year it, it should be the expectation out here um so we'll, we'll see who who we bring in as the head coach i think kenny Payne is is likely the front runner right now i don't know if you know much about him but he was uh, coach calipari's right hand man for a long time um He's developed some incredible players on the NBA level. I think there's about 15 to 20 current NBA players that credit their success to Kenny Payne. He's a great guy. Uh, He played here um, at Louisville as a player and won a national championship under Coach Crum, and now he's an assistant for the New York Knicks. Um, I think he's likely the guy, so we'll see who he's able to bring in if he is the the next head coach and, and uh, you know the, the a big thing with the NCAA right now is the transfer market of course and NIL uh, I think you have the ability to build a team very quickly through transfers the transfer portal is just wide open uh, and football and basketball um, as I'm sure you know so you can build a program really quickly I think gone are the days where you know you can it takes three or four years to build a team I think a program like Louisville or really any ACC school um, can build a, a quality team that is capable of making NCAA tournament um, within a year or two years. So we'll see. Absolutely. Some of those players either trying to prove themselves at a higher level or, you know, having to move from a higher level team to prove themselves at a level that they, you know, kind of believe that they are, you know, looking at like Jaden Gardner with UVA, who's been dominant down the stretch. Uh, you know, a lot of those deals can actually turn out really well. Um, this is the last question I was going to leave you with. I was actually going to be talking about the, the coaching situation, which is uh, definitely great that we've covered that, but as well with maybe even anything else that you have on, uh, you know, possibly uh, your, Kenny coming in there for your head coach, uh, head coaching role. Um, what like recruits as well as, are there any recruits that Louisville fans should be excited for? Uh, honestly, you know, that's, that's a big question right now. I think we're going to have to wait until, uh, the next head coach comes in. We've got, uh, a local kid, um, who has said that he's willing to stay, um, if the coach wants him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him. I think he's a four-star recruit, nothing to, um, you know, excited, but you never know. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I really think it's going to be through the transfer portal, um, national, you know, search for you know recruits i think a guy like kenny Payne could go out there and get some four or five star guys from the very get-go this season but um you're gonna have to get him very soon or, or someone in here very soon so I, I think really it's just a matter of, you know, out here in Louisville, it's just a matter of who's the next head coach because even the recruits that we do have you know and the players that we have on our team right now you know a lot of you know what rides on if people actually end up coming here or staying here um, is going to be on who, who is the next head coach. So it's very much a you know, wait-and-see game for Louisville right now. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I do want to ask you if you have anything else that you want to cover, whether it's men's basketball or anything else that it's uh, ex- exciting you coming down the stretch here in March. Uh, you know, even if Louisville doesn't make it, I'm always excited for March Madness. You know, it's March 1st, so – we're officially in that, that time of year. Um, hopefully uh, uh, some ACC schools can go out there and, um, and and upset and surprise some teams. There's been a lot of people uh, talking negatively about the ACC, so hopefully they can go out there and uh, um, take some wins. Uh, I also think uh, Louisville's football program is looking good uh, in the fall, and obviously the, our women's basketball program is, is you know, a top-notch program right now, hopefully at the final four contender for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's officially March. So uh, let's go March madness. Absolutely. Very exciting times in the basketball world, uh, for, you know, everyone here, uh, in the U S again, very uh, excited to have you on. Thank you so much for talking with me. And, um, we're, we're going to send, send it back here to a little bit of coal in the past as we're going to be, uh, now talking with Nick Boyden and Carter Hill, uh, beat writer for men's basketball, um, uh, with a little bit of the Virginia tech side of this game. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby and Bergstrom, joined alongside, of course, by Nick Broyden and joined in, of course, by our uh, beat writer, aficionado, uh, you know, expert on all things uh, VT football and men's basketball, Carter Hill. Uh, and we're going to be here. Unfortunately, we couldn't get uh, scheduling uh, right for uh, Miami for uh, one of their students or for Carter right before the game, just a little bit of unfortunate stuff, but luckily enough, we are able to get it here for Louisville. 
Uh, and before we kick things off, boys, how are you both doing this evening? No, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm, you know, it's a little late, so you got to be tired, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I doing mean, good. Yeah, it's been kind of a busy end, uh, not the semester, but I guess the, the midterm before spring break. And <laughs> hey, a fun little finish. Both basketball regular seasons coming to a close. And March Madness is almost upon us as we currently speak. We are an hour and 13 minutes until March. So I'm, I'm sure John Rothstein is having a field day on Twitter right now. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we don't sweep until, uh, gosh, what is it? Until, I don't even remember what he says. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing it up. I think it's we don't sleep till May, but I feel like I don't want to be wrong. It, it might just be March. Yeah, it's we sleep till May. So yeah. we sleep in May. Hey, it's there we sleep go. in May. I was so right. that's, his little, that's his little catchphrase to prevent people from going to sleep in March and paying attention to some college basketball. It's a fun time of year for sure. So that's upon us. And, hey, we're, we're looking forward to it. Definitely the college student life uh, will not sleep until uh, late May to early June for us. But uh, without any further ado, let's kick it off with the questions, boys. We're recording this here on the Monday before the Louisville game. Uh, very, very exciting time here, particularly because um, the shot heard uh, around the world, or more in this sense, the shot heard from South Beach to Blacksburg. Uh, Virginia Tech, Kyle, uh, Carter, pulled off the quad one win that you and I have been talking about against Miami. Uh, Darius Maddox concluding an incredible comeback uh, to beat them by a singular point. Uh, what will this team look to replicate from the their only quad one win of the season? Well, you know, I may kind of twist the question on you a little bit because it was a fantastic win for Virginia Tech, and it's one they badly needed, and it's one that saves their season, right? It's the one that they've been looking forward to this whole season long, and they finally got it here leading into March. But actually – Virginia Tech, the one thing they want to replicate is their defensive play. I mean, they were phenomenal defensively. That's the positives for sure, and that's something that not a lot of people are talking about. I mean, they're phenomenal defensively, especially Hunter Couture. The one thing that they actually, I think, are going to need to correct is they got to get going on the arc in terms of three-point shooting, and they continue to struggle down there or out there, rather. They turn the ball over 18 times in the win at Miami, which is so rare to turn the ball over near 20 times on the road and win a game against a quality opponent like that. So it was a heck of a game for the Hokies, one they so badly needed. And, yeah, it was a little bit of an unconventional way to get it. But, hey, they'll take it whatever way they can get. So that's turning it into a positive by saying – Virginia Tech played one of their better games defensively all year long, and the score may not replicate that because they had so many, Miami that is, had so many points in transition because of so many lazy turnovers. But now, you know, Virginia Tech has really, really stepped it up defensively, as is their whole team. I mean, they're starting five, and then they're three guys off the bench as well. They've stepped it up defensively, and you have to think sooner rather than later, the Hokies are going to get it going from three. And once they do that, they're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. So they're peaking at the right time, and they just got to you know, avoid an upset at this point. And if they do that, they should be able to get into the NCAA tournament, which is crazy to think about where the Hokies stood a month ago. Yeah, I mean, as we've been talking about for you know the past like a couple of weeks now, it's really been a tale of two teams this season with uh, the Virginia Tech team really starting out, out being absolutely dominant from three, but relatively weak with their defending, particularly in the interior and with the rebounding competition. But now, uh, you know, they competed with UNC in the rebounding game. They've been winning a lot of the rebounding matchups uh, we've been talking about uh, almost every single show here, uh, how good the defense has actually been. Uh, so it, it's almost like you just need a marriage of uh, each, you know, hockey team that we've seen basically um, or the pat like you know the the, the past couple months and that's really going to be the uh, uh, you know it, 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 lack for a better word it's like perfect uh, hokey side there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Virginia Tech, like I said, you know they continue to win and they continue to do what they're supposed to do. They're going to find their way into March Madness, which is you know where we thought this team was going to be, but the way that they're going to do it, if they can hold on and if they can mm. avoid an upset and still find their way in is very rare in college basketball. So we're kind of witnessing yeah. history if the Hokies can hold on. Yeah, not exactly the way we were going to get uh, get to March Madness. At least that's not how uh, Hokie fans saw at the beginning of the season. But, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll take getting there 
uh, in any way, shape, or form, uh, no matter what. Uh, moving on to another question here, though, for you, Carter. Um, from from myself, uh, like some other Hokies who are unfortunately like not able to watch the game, having to keep up with a little bit of, like the ESPN updates as we could uh, for because of local sports networks there. Um, it was surprising to see that our starting guards, Aline and Murphy, uh, went a combined two of six from the field, uh, while off the bench, Badul and Maddox went a combined 20, uh, 12 of 22, taking almost four times the amount of shots uh, as our starting guards. Um, was there a struggle to create shots for starters in this game, or is this just how some games may go? And even a little bit of a piggyback on that question, could Maddox continue to see an increase in minutes, perhaps even start here at this late stage of the season? Yeah, you know, I think I'll answer the first part of your question first. I, I think it was more so Virginia Tech was trying to work into the interior early on with Justin Mutz and Teve Luma rather than rely on the guard play. But another reason is, you know, this is kind of leading into your second question. Darius Maddox and Sean Padula played a whole lot more. And like Young talked about after the game, Hokies are going to go with whoever gives them the best shot to win. And on Saturday, it was Sean Padula and Darius Maddox. It wasn't Storm Murphy and Naheem Aleem. Hence why you saw Padula and Maddox finish out the game on the floor. You know, they played the final, I want to say, two, three minutes without Aleem and Murphy checking into the game, which we have seen between Storm Murphy and Sean Padula time to time this year. Hence, Florida State, that's a perfect example. We've not seen that as much so with Naheem Aline, but Hey, you know, yeah, I, I a hundred percent think you're going to see an increase in minutes with Darius Maddox, you know, and, and Sean Padula, you're going to continue to see guys like Storm Murphy and Naheem Aline play. And no, I, I don't think you're going to see Sean Padula or Darius Maddox start because you know, you're winning, you know, when you're, when you're winning, like you're winning and they've won eight out of nine, you don't want to mess anything up. And yeah. the way they've done it is, They'll start those five, and that's how Mike Young wants it to be. And four minutes into the game, Padula and Maddox will check into the game. And if they have it that day, they're going to stay in the game. If they don't, they'll turn back to, to Murphy and Aline, two of their veteran guys that have produced in the past. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a good problem to have because, no, Storm Murphy has not been exactly what Tech fans thought he would be, but he's still a good option to have on the floor if you need him to be, whether as a facilitator or a shooter. And then Naheem Aline, you know, his numbers speak for itself. So, yeah, Virginia Tech, they're going to have a lot of options going forward. I don't think they'll mess with starting rotation, but I do think you can see him in, you know, a, a minute increasing between, or I guess you could, I, I should say, I guess you could see minutes increasing between Maddox and Padula going forward. And Nick. Sorry, my mic was a little muted. All right. So, always, Carter, a pleasure to have you on. So, speaking of shots, this is the fifth game in a row that Virginia Tech has shot under 30% from three-point range. So, my question is for you, what can they do to improve their percentage to bring it closer than what, than the, than what it was? Well, I'm going to give you an easy answer. And, of course, Nick, always great to see you, too, to Blacksburg High School alum. So, I appreciate it. But I, I think my answer is keep shooting. You know, Virginia Tech, they're too good of a three-point shooting team to continue to shoot to this clip. And it's not like they're taking bad shots. It's just missing wide-open looks. He's just need to continue to take those shots, and eventually they're going to go down. They haven't gone down since Syracuse, really, at, a, you know, at the clip that they typically do. So the Hokies, you know, I don't think it's rocket science. I think they just got to go out there and continue to shoot the ball. And eventually the ball is going to find the bottom of the basket. I don't know when that will be. If you're a Hokie fan, they hope it's sooner rather than later because the minute that that happens, like I just touched on, this Virginia Tech team is going to be tough to beat because they are phenomenal defensively now. And they were not good defensively to start the year. Or at least the last few games they have been phenomenal defensively. That's a better way to put it. But once those shots start falling, assuming the play continues the way it's at, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. And it's not going to be too, too long before guys like Himaline and Hunter Couture continue to try to find it. And they finally do find it from beyond the arc because the minute that those two guys get going, we've seen what they've been able to do in the past. You know, we saw Hunter Couture 
hit nine three-pointers against Florida State earlier this year. Naheem Aline had that game against Florida in the NCAA tournament a season ago. So, yeah, you know those two guys are capable, and the moment they start once again to their potential, because the shots are there, the Hokies are going to be very, very tough to beat, and they're going to have the potential to make a run going forward. Of course, man. So what many, what many great coaches say, just keep shooting. You know, like you just said, we have a really good team and then continuing to shoot the ball will be a key going forward in these next couple of games. Because, you know, when you just like when you're having a slump, you know, sometimes the best option isn't to shoot your way out of it. But sometimes that's what we need to do. And like you said, you know, it's just eventually going to find the bottom of the bucket, and that's really going to help if we just continue to push forward as a team. Absolutely. Uh, as we're transitioning here from uh, the Virginia Tech game to the uh, – or Virginia Tech game, from the Miami game to the Louisville game, uh, I want to start off here, uh, Carter, by asking you um, – that this is going to be the last uh, home game for the Hokies here against Louisville. Uh, is that reality going to add a little bit of fuel to the fire for them? Yeah, you know, I would think so. It's not senior day because senior day was against North Carolina, probably because, you know, it's, it's a logistic issue. You know, that's a weekend game. This is a Tuesday night game at nine o'clock in terms of families getting into the game. So, but yeah, it's the last one in castle this year for either the men or the women, assuming that, you know, Virginia Tech, if they make the NCAA tournament rather than hosting an NIT game and assuming that Virginia Tech on the women's side, you know, holds on that five, six line rather than host. So potentially the last game in Castle this year. And, you know, it's kind of sad. You know, it's been a fun year overall for both sides. Didn't really have a lot of big home games on the men's side until that span of Syracuse, UVA and North Carolina. And, you know, this should be a win for Virginia Tech because, they haven't beaten Louisville since 1991. So that is a big monkey to get yeah. off their back. But if you take away the Louisville name off the front of their jerseys, the Hokies should have no problem winning this game. There's just that stigma that, oh, you're playing Louisville. Tech hasn't beaten them in 30 plus years. But this Louisville team is not good. And I, I you know, I, I'm sure you'll touch on it later and you'll ask me more mm -hmm. about it, but to run them you know, to, to run down the Cardinals real fast. They let go of their coach in the middle of the year. Yep. They're on to an interim head coach. They're 12 and want to say 16 right now. And they're very athletic. Yep. They're not, not a very good basketball team as, you know, as is in Georgia and Boston college and NC state with Okie's lost to, especially the BC one, that one continues to kill them. But this Louisville team is not good, and you cannot lose this game at home to a team like this. I mean, they, like I just said, they are very athletic, but they are not full of quote-unquote basketball players, if that makes sense. I mean, they only have one guy averaging double figures. Noah Locke, he's been around for a couple of years. You know, he's been a guy who's come off the bench on some really good Louisville teams the last few years. But this year, he's their leading scorer, and that's kind of an issue. You know, Malik Williams, who's been around a while, too, he's good down low. But beyond that, and the Cardinals don't have a lot of depth. So Virginia Tech, they need to take advantage of a game like this at home. And if they play even remotely close to well, the Hokies should have no problem beating Louisville. But again, it is that stigma. Oh, my gosh, Virginia Tech can't beat Louisville in basketball. So there is some concern there. But again, if you take the Louisville name off the front of their jerseys, the Hokies should have no problem. And there shouldn't be a lot of reason for concern going into this one because the Hokies should 100% take care of business at home and if they don't then they you know they don't deserve to be in the ncaa tournament so another must win game you know if you're mm -hmm. if you're taking this all through for virginia tech it's almost like it's already the tournament in a way because it's winter go home at this point you know the win doesn't help you a ton but if you lose this game you're not going to the ncaa tournament without winning the acc tournaments so yeah, just got to take care of home or take care of business at home, rather. I'm sorry if you're Virginia Tech, and I expect them to do so because I think they, like I said, Louisville, an athletic team, but I don't think they are full of guys that are capable of beating Virginia Tech. We'll see, though. Yeah, and before uh, Nick asks his next question, next question here, I actually did have the ESPN stats pulled up because I did want to look a little bit in that Louisville team. And as of the moment, Noah Locke, he's at 9.9 .9 points per game. So they quite literally do not have a single man that's in double-digit scoring 
uh, and their four leading scores are at 9.9, 9.3, 8.8, and 8.0. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team uh, not have a double-digit score on the season. But, I mean, gr- granted, I've been blessed to just watch Big 12 basketball uh, a lot of my life. So, All right, Carter. So, as of the past five games, Louisville and VT have had exact opposite records. Where on the court will Virginia Tech be able to take advantage to find – success against a below standard Louisville team. Well, I just think their guard play matches up really well against them. You know, Louisville can create problems down low for Kevin Luma and Justin Mutz because of Malik Williams. I mean, he's a beast. He's been there for a long time. Guy averages, I think you said eight rebounds a game and 7.7. So 7.7 rebounds a game. So, I mean, he's going to be a threat down low, but the Hokies guard play should outmatch Louisville. And again, if the Hokies can shoot the ball better from the outside, they will have no problem winning this game. If they shoot the ball kind of lackluster, like they have the last few games, you know, they'll continue to rely, you know, continue to rely on the three. They'll feed down low some. So there'll be some ways that Virginia Tech can score. But yeah, overall, I just think their guard play just overmatches Louisville by a lot, especially up top, whether Sean Padula or Storm Murphy, just really all over the floor. I think Virginia Tech matches up much better against Louisville than they have in the past. Again, I think Williams can create some problems down low, but one guy can't do it all. So I I think this Virginia Tech team should absolutely win this game. The Cardinals, hey, they can, you know, they can, you know, give them a threat, but Louisville's even won a game since like February. Well, I think they've only won a single game since February 1st. So like you said, Nick, I mean, a downward trajectory versus an upward trajectory. And, you know, this Louisville team, they lost their coach in the middle of the year. You know, it, it's tough to continue to stay motivated, at least, you know, for Virginia Tech football, I'll compare it since people are familiar with that this past year. Okie still had, you know, something to play for. Oddly enough, when Justin Fuente was like, yo, Tech football still had a shot to win the Coastal. And they were still playing for a bowl game. Louisville doesn't have anything to play for at this point especially in the regular season because they're not going to the ACC tournament. I guess that's the only thing they still have left to play for. But I mean, a team that's four games under 500, a team that's, you know, not living up to expectations, ready to move on to the off season. So this should wait, you know, should be a win for Virginia tech. You can't slip up. You can't sleepwalk your way through it. You certainly can't continue to continue to turn the ball over close to 20 times, because if you play around like that, Tech's not going to continue to get as lucky as they got over the weekend. But again, this should be a win for Virginia Tech and one that they absolutely should take advantage of and, you know, get a feel good win at home. You know, Carter, like we keep on saying so far in this podcast, you know, consistency, consistency, consistency. I mean, we need to shoot better and play better. But however, Louisville has had a really, really hard run. I mean, like we've mentioned, their coach has gotten fired and that really can hurt the chemistry of a basketball team who's trying to have high aspirations. And, you know, our guard matchup should be very, very good. But like you mentioned, that big boy down low, he probably will cause some th- problems. But overall, how I see it, I completely agree with you. I feel like this is a team that we can for sure be, and we will come out of Castle Coliseum with a W. And there's just not much else to say. I mean, as long as we just continue to play well and continue to ride the hot hand of whoever's doing good, we can probably come out with this season with the spot in the Mark Madges tournament. So, Moving on from that, I have another question for you. So, will the card, will the seven-team game losing streak be a motivator or a concern for the Hokies against this Cardinals team? You know, I think it's more of a motivator because at the end of the day, Virginia Tech knows they're better than Louisville. That's no secret. And the Hokies probably see this as their best chance to beat them than they've had in the past 37 years. You know, I can't speak for every single matchup, from now to then, but just remembering some games the last few years that these two teams have played, I mean, Louisville has outmatched them every single time. This is the first time that Virginia Tech really is a lot better than Louisville. I mean, they're better at pretty much every single position. They are better at every single position. Malik Williams is good down low, like we just talked about, but the Hokies are better at every position, one through five. So, I think it should be more of a motivator. It shouldn't be something that they need to overlook, but it should be, hey, you know, we finally get to get Louisville. You know, 
we're going to get them this year. That's essentially probably what the mindset's going to be. But honestly, I think the mindset overall isn't really about Louisville. I think it's more about, hey, let's continue to win every game we can. That's the mindset that the Hokies have had since the end of January because that's what they've literally had to do to get back in the NCAA tournament picture. And they've done that to this point. So now it's going to be the same way. Just take care of business at home. Do what you're supposed to do. Get out of there with the win. No questions asked. Move on to Clemson and close out the regular season winning 10 out of 11 and go on to Brooklyn to secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. That's the mindset overall, I think, rather than Louisville specifically. But yeah, I'm sure it weighs on the guys that have been around here quite a while for sure. So it would be nice if you're a Hokie fan to finally get after Louisville and get a win on Tuesday evening. And there is no disagreement there. I feel like when we go into this game, I don't think that it is a concern for us at all. I think it's like you just mentioned. I mean, beating them and moving on, finding out a win against Clemson, and then just carrying on with the season. I mean, there's not much else that we can do besides just continue to play well and continue to be a team and be a unit together. Because ever since Mike Young has joined this basketball club, we have been a very, very good team. And I just think a lot of our players just match up very well. And, you know, like we, like you mentioned before, I mean, Louisville has been a very dominant team over us in the last, you know, better sum of 20, 30 years. And, for them to have a weak team and for us to finally get a win this year will be a great, great momentum surge for us. So Carter, one last question for me and I'll hand it off to KB, but what will be the most important matchup on that night? Well, you know, I think it's Aluma and Williams down low because that is Louisville's best chance to win, to stop Kevin Aluma and Justin Mutz down low. If the Hokies can handle him, you know, that shouldn't be an issue because I, I do think they're going to outplay them, you know, on the wing and up top. But, you know, if you're a fan of either side, I think the matchup is down low because Malik Williams is really, really good. And and Kevin Aluma and Justin Mutz are really good as well. And that should be a fun little duel of two solid bigs, you know, in the paint. And that would give Louisville their best chance to win the game. So that's, you know, in terms of if you're just a basketball fan, that will be the matchup to watch because that will be the most fun, you know, matchup to watch. But Virginia Tech can win the game all over the floor. I mean, they're like I just touched on one through five. They're better on the floor. And overall, I mean, kind of segue away from your question. I think the key to the game is to not overlook Louisville because at the end of the day, Louisville is not very good. And they're coming into, you know, your home arena and you just got your biggest win of the season statistically it is your biggest win of the season and you can't sleepwalk your way through this one because Louisville's still good enough to take advantage I mean they're crazy athletic they're more athletic than Virginia Tech is no doubt about it they're not as talented as Virginia Tech is and there's a big difference there so the Hokies they just gotta take control of this one early don't give Louisville a chance and step on their throats and get out of there with the win you know Carter I could it any better you know one thing i've always admired about you is that you don't tell us about the important matchup you tell us what's important about the important matchup so i feel like there's couldn't have been a way i could have said it better man <laughs> i appreciate it thank you i'm right there in joint agreement with it and on a little bit even on top of that is uh i i, I think you're saying not to overlook louisville is even more important as we talked about georgia tech uh, you know, last week that that was a win that we were expected to get and expected to dominate in. And lo and behold, Georgia Tech, we only beat them by four. So trying to get that win, get that confident win against uh, a not as strong team uh, is very, very important, particularly if, uh, I would assume for confidence as well. Uh, I have one more question here for you, Carter, before uh, – we're, you know, before uh, we can we can let you go and do all your important things here uh, that you do with us. Um, as we discussed um, throughout the past couple of episodes, Virginia Tech's about halfway to meeting the what we believe are VT standards qualify for March Madness. You know that uh, four games, one in a row, and a couple good games there in the turn in the uh, ACC tournament. Um, with two tournaments ahead, the ACC tournament and the March Madness tournament, what is one thing that you think the Hokies need to hone in on uh, to get the best out of their team? Ooh, that's a good question. 
have to hone in on in terms of what to get better as a team. You know, honestly, I think they just seem to keep, you know, continue to play how they've been playing right now. Easy to say because they've won eight of nine, but continue to do what they do best, continue to play, you know, like themselves. You know, we've seen the Hokies, like we've touched on, continue to struggle from beyond the arc, but play really, really good defense. If that continues and a couple more shots go down, Virginia Tech's going to be in really, really good shape. Not just in Brooklyn, but in a potential NCAA tournament scenario too. So I think just continue to do what they're doing, continue to play to their strengths and, you know, know that those shots are eventually going to go down and Hokies are going to be all right. But, you know, take care of business tomorrow. And the one that probably will scare them a little bit more is going to Clemson because Clemson is not very good either. But Clemson is good enough to beat Virginia Tech. And it's always tough to win down there, no matter how good Clemson is. So, you know, a more challenging finish to the regular season than some would think, but just got to take care of business and, you know, secure that spot. It's up in Brooklyn. That's that's the hope for Virginia Tech going forward. Well, this is going to be one of two more uh, regular season games left before the uh... – ACC tournament, Carter, as always, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, boys, of, of course, for us, as late. We are, as you were saying uh, here at the start of the episode, where we are now under an hour away from it officially being March and not being able to sleep whatsoever until we hit May. Uh, it's been a pleasure and, to have and you. And an hour away, unfortunately, until Major League Baseball season is delayed. Uh, so you can look uh, at it too late. That's been... <laughs> What has been on my mind throughout the day, unfortunately, is a big baseball guy. Absolutely. And there's going to be stuff that we're going to have to talk about on that as well. Dan Steinbach, certainly uh, a bit disappointed with that. Huge baseball fan. Um, but with that being said, again, boys, it's been a pleasure to have both of you on. I uh, don't want to keep you all too, too long. But as it is late for us, it must not be late for you. As Actually, it may be late for you because we should have this episode posted here before the Louisville matchup. Uh, for anyone that is unaware, it is, you know, of course, today, which is Tuesday, March 3rd, uh, March 1st, and it is going to be at 9 p.m. on ESPN2, at least as what the ESPN app tells me. So go ahead and make sure you tune into that game. Go ahead and make sure you tune into the lovely content that Carter, myself, and Nick, we all have here on 3304. Make sure to listen to any podcast episodes on whatever podcast uh, uh, device you, uh, you uh, use to keep up to date with uh, what Nick and I do. And again, I very much appreciate you all listening. I hope you all have a lovely day and please take care.